this is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mach. Yeah, and I'm here also via the wonders of FaceTime. Good yeah. on uh, Apple. Well, in Steve Jobs, lad. Are we dead, isn't he? Uh, yeah, that's me, that. Um, well, we, we did kind of promise that this week would be the, we'd be going back to the studio kind of set up. But, but it's going to be one more week of this. And uh, it sounded all right last week. I thought you were a bit quiet, Mark, so you might have to speak up a bit this time. We've put the mic closer to you. Well, closer to the speaker. So uh, it's not closer to you yet because it's still about a mile away, isn't it? Uh, and just in case anybody thinks that there's some sort of Morris dancing going on in the background because you can hear bells ringing, uh, Johnny's gone and got himself a couple of little cats and they're running, running wild around his house. Yeah, uh, two guest hosts, you might call them. Little Snoop Moggy Mog and Woody. <laughs> so you didn't get to call... Uh, Duncan Ferguson there? No, uh, it was suggested, but uh, my suggestion was shot down quite quickly. It was the girl cat that I got to name, and I called it Snoop Moggy Mog, uh, and I don't think Duncan Ferguson might have been fitting, actually. I'll, I'll concede that. Um, but you might hear them a lot in this podcast, because they are running all over the show. <laughs> uh, we were trying to work out just before we came on here, weren't we, whether this was our one-year anniversary, but we're still a couple of weeks short so far. Yeah, this is episode 49. We missed one episode when my back went completely, uh, so it should be episode 50, and then, I don't know, how, how do our anniversaries work? It doesn't, would it be week 51? Beyond episode 51 would be the year, would be a year of shows, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then 52 would be start of the new season of Not Bitter, yeah. Just Better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when we go. That's that's when we uh, we have to worry whether we're going to get cancelled by um, NBC or ABC or HBO or all that kind of stuff, or we don't. I don't think we need to worry about that because if we were going to get cancelled, it would have happened after the show one. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. <laughs> we don't really have to cancel ourselves, though, wouldn't we? So anyway, um, yeah. So the world of football and Everton is what we're going to talk about, as always. Uh, we've got a few. A few uh, World Cup matches just to have a little brief talk about, and then on to uh, Everton news, which is starting to pick up a little bit. So, start off with the World Cup, Mark. It's all gone a bit crazy, hasn't it, really? Well, a bit, yeah. It was like this. Well, these last two matches, I mean, we'll talk a bit about the ones before, but the, la- the last two is like, could you be any more? Like, just polar opposites of each other, aren't they? It's just completely nuts. Obviously, you know, the, the first half of the Brazil-Germany game was just one of the most incredible games of footy I've ever seen, just for sheer, you know, not really seeing it coming. No, it was a, just a complete bolt out of the blue. I think people thought Brazil would struggle without Neymar and um, and the captain, who his name just completely slipped, slipped my mind, Thiago Alves. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, not that much. Anyway, we've jumped ahead. I've jumped ahead of ourselves here. Uh, Belgium. I think what, we sh- what we should mention first is obviously the last, uh, you know, the last Everton representation in the World Cup was obviously Kevin Morales for Belgium, and 
I think just we recorded last week's podcast just before the Belgium Argentina game, uh, and obviously uh, Belgium bowed out, and it was a bit of a bit of a damp squib in the end, wouldn't you say? That's exactly the term I was thinking, damp squib. Yeah, uh, they just. Do you know what that actually means? What is a damp squib? I think somebody just spelled squid wrong, maybe. Yeah, all squids are damp, though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Look at the sea. Yeah. Um, I want to know what a squib is now. I'm going to have a look. Get on Wiki. Wiki will help you out. Um, yeah, do you know what? And it, it seems that long ago, that match with these two other matches, and especially the game that, that last night, which seemed to be a whole lifetime. Um, I can't even remember it. I know Morales started. Um didn't really do that much, but he wasn't the worst player out there. Uh, and no, it was like a reverse of all the other games. Morales started, and I think he got about seventy minutes, didn't he? Maybe a little bit less than that, uh, and then was was hooked off. Uh, and it did, I think did he actually get swapped for Lukaku? I know Lukaku came on just as Morales was going on. You know, and, and really Belgium didn't produce anything and, and, and bowed out, as we said, uh, you know, in a bit of a poor manner, really, compared to what was expected from them. I thought they'd give Argentina a bit more of a game than that. Yeah, you'd think they'd give Argentina a bit more of a game, yeah. But, you know, they're talking about this golden generation of players. They got to the quarters. You know, the teams who were in, you look at, you look at Germany, you look at Brazil, and you look at Argentina. I mean... You know, yeah, I mean, ge- yeah, generally, you know, the quarterfinals for Belgium is it, you know, is it is a great achievement. But if you compare that Belgium squad, have a look at the Belgian squad to the Dutch squad on paper. Yeah, Belgium have got better players. Yeah, I saw something today though. It's like you probably yeah. say that about the Ar- about Argentina as well. You know, other than say, you know, the lads that got a front, you know, Messi and Aguero, they're not great, are they? You know, at the back or. In midfield, really. So they've got solid players in there. They haven't. They've got Mascherano. They. I mean, who else? I thought that Di Maria was just. He's just been poor, hasn't he? And then he comes up with the. What was the winner? Didn't he? So. What was the, the stats? Were something like he gave the ball away? I don't. I don't know whether this was an over exaggeration. It must be. It couldn't have been fifty-two times, could it? That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Kev bows out. I, I don't think it was a, it was an any it was disgrace. You know, they, they can come back, hold their heads up high. Uh, made the quarters. They're still young enough to make a challenge for the Euros next time round, and I think the Euros would be more suitable for them. Yeah, uh, they will do obviously with climate etc. And as we say, Emiral didn't look out of place. He was no better or no worse than, than any of the other Belgian players, really. Uh, so as we said before, that left the four teams in the semis, Brazil versus Germany was the first semi, uh, and Argentina versus Holland uh, was the last night's game in the other semi. Uh, and as we alluded to before, Brazil versus Germany, uh, it wasn't exactly what the, the home team uh, and the home fans wanted. No, not at all. Um, it was just, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was watching it and then I, I just, I couldn't, I saw the, all the goals coming in. I mean, going in. And then, even though I saw them all, I just couldn't believe the scoreline. It was just... The little spell, you know, between, like, the 21st and the 28th minute, that six or seven minutes where they scored four, was just like... It was like... You know, sometimes if you play five-a-side, 
with your mate yeah. at the end of the game and they're like there's a big goal difference it's like a like, flurry you know, there's a big scoreline difference and one team gives up it looked like that yeah Jamie just, were just literally walking up the pitch and scoring at will I think the stats were four goals in 400 seconds so if you can do it in that ma- that little amount of seconds I mean that's just you know that that's some stat that isn't it um, what well, there, there was this, there was something on today. It was some Brazilian website did a generate. Have you seen this? If the game carried on, um, what the scoreline would be if the game was still going now? And it was something like two hundred and seventy to thirty three. <laughs> I know. I don't know how many. I don't know how many goals Tony Cruz would have, but uh, and uh, Sheila, but um, <laughs> it would be a fair few, I'd imagine. Uh, so obviously, the, you know, the Germans look strong and the women's 7-1, uh, flying through. Just before we, uh, we didn't really mention, I don't know whether we talked about this last week, but Van Van Gaal's, um, we probably talk about it in the Holland game anyway, because it went to the same situation, penalties. But as a masterstroke, would you say, where he put um, Tim Kroll in for the, uh, in the dying seconds of uh, extra time, so that he's faced the penalties? I think the, the the biggest thing about that was that Tim Krul acted like an absolute knobhead when he come on, uh, and you know, completely not in the spirit of the World Cup and completely not in the spirit of the actual game that you know it, it was in. Uh, he decided to try and bully the minnows of Costa Rica and you know try a load of dirty tricks in the, in the, the penalty shootout, which yeah, uh, that upset me. I didn't like it. Walking towards the corner flag. And then coming back and not going to his goal line, walking to the penalty spot, and then uh, finally, um, you know, taking his time, going back to the penalty spot, talking to the ref, grabbing the, the faces of the players, telling them, you know, you're not, you know, I know what you're going to do, you're not going to score past me. Do you know what? what looking at the penalty, I thought this the whole World Cup. Has he shrunk those goals? Because the, the goals look tiny, at, or, or, or the goalies just got bigger. I felt like I was one of the strikes. If you see that advert when the when when the the, the when the pressure's on and um, the goals look bricked up and the goalie's got big massive arms, that's what I thought it looked like. I don't know whether it's just me looking at it from a striker's point of view, but I wouldn't have liked. I think you probably just need to mess around with the settings on your telly. Yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't envy uh, anyone either the penalty shootouts. Really, I mean, we could. Covered a little bit more about Brazil in a sec, but that Holland game last night, uh, it's come out today why Vlar had to step up and take the first penalty is because two of the uh, two of the Dutch players who you would normally rely on to take it uh, refused to. As it said who it was, was it just the fact that it was the first one you were refusing to take, or was it was I think it like so. Snyder and Van Persie, for instance? I think I think it was. They just didn't want to take the first one, so. Up steps Blad and then um, pretty tame penalty. Really. And he'd actually not played too badly during the game, which was a, a, a very, very poor game. The Holland Argentina semi final. It was boring. It was frustrating. Messi was terrible. Robin was terrible. It was just a poor game. They were just. Uh, they, 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 didn't they? They man marked. Holland put a, a man marking on uh, Messi. And yeah, they put Young on him. And um, Argentina put a man on Robin. Um, have, you, have you seen the stat today that, you know, the Dutch keeper Sillerson? Yeah. He had more successful dribbles in the game than Messi or Robin. Oh, my God. <laughs> that says it all, really, doesn't it? Um, but 
you know, their penalties were quite... Up, up until something like the 105th minute in the game as well, Messi hadn't touched the ball in the opposition's box. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, easy, isn't it? When you, you know stuff like that, when you think about in it. a semi-final of a you know, of a cup, as I said, it's just the, the contrast between that and the uh, Brazil Germany game where um, Germany could have scored about like double what they had, you know. Um, and we're, we're just flipping between the two games because uh, things keep coming into me head about it. Um, you know that the, the challenge on Neymar in in you know when he when he broke his back, you know that's you know, it's how it costly. It did amuse me, though, in the build-up to the game, how they made out that, like, Neymar was dead. Like, and it was, like, the worst tragedy that's ever hit Brazil. You know, the, just the, the way, like, the crowd and everything. Well, maybe it was. Him. Maybe it wasn't at the time, but then the 7-1 victory, uh, defeat suddenly, uh, now that's the biggest tragedy. I yeah. think they still got beat 7-1 even if he was in that. No, team. I don't think so. I think he, uh, maybe they just would have still got beat. They're a very poor side, and I think that, uh, that missing the captain, I think... That was unless, unless they were going to play him at centre half instead of David Luiz, like that probably might have stopped a few of the goals. But. It was the other fella that came in who had a boss name of Dante. He had boss hair and a boss name. He just wasn't very good at defending. <laughs> Marcelo was shocking. Yeah, Marcelo. In fact, I don't even think it was the centre backs. I think it was more um, the wing, uh, the, the full backs, and the holding midfielders were just. Um, defensively, they're, they're the ones who kind of uh, you know surrendered and just kept giving the ball away. And then at the other yeah, end, Mike Con at right back was particularly poor. Well, so was Marcelo though as well. He's just it was just um, just rubbish. And you know we, we've had this discussion before. And uh, Fred up front, just what does he do? He expects the ball to his feet all the time. He does no running down the channels. He is just. He is the worst Brazilian international. He's worse than Joe. He's he's worse than Rodrigo, Rodrigo, who we had a few years ago. He's absolutely shocking. And I think if we were, if me and you were Brazilian, we would be in that squad above Fred because he's just pissed. We did get to, we did get to see Bernard as well this time as well. Little Bernie, yeah. Yeah, and he was also terrible. <laughs> Here's a question for you. You know Hulk. Yeah. You know why he's called Hulk? No. Well, I just always assumed it was because he, you know, he's a bit of a big lad, isn't he? You know, meaty, well built. I just thought it was because of his physique, but apparently it's not. And do you know what it is? Apparently, when he was younger at one of his clubs, his teammates said he looked like Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner? Yeah. As in, like, from the from the old Lutheran, no. Hulk series. I don't think it's that Hulk. No, I think it, I don't know if they're talking about like Eric Banner and one of someone. They just said he looked like you know Bruce Banner or David Banner, whatever his name. What was his name? I can't remember. Bruce Banner, I think, was in the cartoons. David Banner was in the film. I don't know actually. Anyway, so there you go. That that's why he's called the Hulk, apparently. Okay, fair enough. Well, his performance was less than super hero like. Yeah, like that. And hold on, hold on, hold on. One more. On. It wasn't very marvelous. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, just, yeah. Just, just quit it now. Quit it now. Um, so there you go. The, the World Cup final is obviously going to be uh, Germany versus Argentina. Uh, and as an English person, 
that's possibly the hardest two choices of teams to support. Um, I think the general consensus is that uh, we're going to go with the Germans just because we haven't recently had a war with them. Well, I might, I might sound a bit distant here because I'm getting the cat from behind the bed. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm going. I think I'm going to go for Germany. I think just because I, I, I just wonder just where. Uh, the only way Argentina are going to win is resorting back to the old Argentina tactics and kicking Germany off the park. But if they focus on one player, then another player will step up. And if that player gets you know kicked about, then another player will step up. They're just so efficient. And that's what the word that keeps getting used about German, Germany. Like the cars, like the you know technology, efficient. And uh, they've got a great team full of really top quality players. So I think they're, I think they're going to do it. What about you? Yeah, and I fancy Germany to win it now. I think, um, as you say, I think generally the, the, the overall squads are much better quality. Um, you know, but who knows? Messi could step up and, and be the Messi that, that we know from the, the La Liga. So, uh, you know, he's a game changer, isn't he? He's the, he's the one real world class player that'll be on show, I would say. So, uh, be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, and then the World Cup will be done and dusted, and we can really concentrate on everything. Then. Who's the fella who's got the silly little rat tail on the on the side back of his head? I can't remember. It's not Lovetti, is it? No, it's um, oh, what's his name? Palacio. What is that all about? It's the worst hairstyle I've ever seen on a footballer, and there's been some bad ones. Do you remember James James, Mac- James McCarthy had that little uh, James? Sorry, James McFadden had that little rat tail when he first signed for the Blues, and you thought. Yeah, I do. I think I think I need to read the story about why he's got that there. Maybe maybe it's a tribute to someone, or maybe it's the only. I'm thinking it might be because he's a twat. <laughs> that's I think that's the first ever T bomb on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that'll be the World Cup done and dusted. Our picks, are, I think we're we're both voting voting for a German win. Whether did you say you want a German win as well? I can't remember. Really going to side with either team, but I think over looking back over the World Cup, I think probably Germany deserve it more than anyone else. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so former blue uh, Mustafi, who Moyes will Moyes let go, will uh, looks like he'll pick up a, a World Cup medal, maybe. Yeah, how about the third and fourth? Do you think he'll just kick each other off the path? No, I don't, just don't think they'll be interested. No, I think Brazil will probably win it just because they'll have a bit more to play for. I think I don't. I don't think they will. I think. I think. Um, I think they're just the the heads have completely gone. Half the players will be focused on the new season. Well, all the players will be focused on the new season. They'll be embarrassed. Uh, no, I can't see it. They're the poor side, very poor side, who was saved by uh, one world class class player and one good player, uh, and now they've been exposed for what they are. So. Anyway, enough about the World Cup. Yeah, we've got we've, we've gone on for nearly twenty minutes about a World Cup over two games. So, um, I think it's time. I found me I found me uh, me jingles. So, uh, before we go to the news, though, go on can then. I just take listeners back a week to the end of the podcast where I said I predict by next week's podcast Everton will sign the player. 
Uh, didn't you say by the end of the day? No, by, the, by next week's podcast. Oh, fair enough. Good, well done. So there you go. So we'll, fi- first. we'll find out all about that in the, uh, the news coming up. News! I have missed that jingle. I don't think our rendition on Listening Back last week was very uh, representative of the best jingle out there ever. Do you? I thought we nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nice one. So, anyway, Everton podcast. It's time to talk about a bit of Everton news. First bit of news I suppose we should go to, something that you mentioned just before our world-famous uh, news jingle. The permanent signing of our, our very own superstar midfielder from last year, Gareth Barry. Yeah, um, finally we can put to bed one of our ongoing subjects all through the summer on the, the podcast, whether Gareth Barry had signed for Everton. Uh, we found out a few days ago that he, you know, that was his plan all along, and he had signed for the Blues three-year contract, as, as uh, suggested. Um, and uh, he was seen pen and hand signing the contract wearing uh, the brand new Umbro Evan shirt. Yeah, did you hear this about uh, Roberta was due due back or due uh, due to fly in on Friday, and he snuck in to finalise this deal and put pen to paper with uh, Gareth Gareth Barry. Did you hear about that? I didn't hear about that. No. When yeah. you say snuck in, what you mean like he was hidden in like the refrigeration part of a Mexican lorry or something? I think he was in the uh, the the luggage compartment of a Boeing seven four seven. Interesting. Yeah. So, but, you, is, is he running the risk of getting deported now? Yeah, it could well be. Um, yeah. But, so we, we, I hope not, because we could do with Bobby next season. Um, but great to have Gareth Barry signed up, and uh, by the looks of things, it could uh, it could spark a flurry of um, transfer activity from the Blues. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I'm not really supposed to talk about this. However, um, so you can't name. You can't we name can names. Men- you can mention it. You know, talking to somebody who works for the club the other day, uh, and he said, you know, there's possibly five signings in the works at the moment. A uh, couple of strikers, a couple of midfielders, uh, and a right winger. Uh, you know, all possible deals. He's not said any names, because uh, obviously he can't be more than his job's worth. Uh, but... You know, this person's told us stuff before, and it's turned out to be true. So, you know, got no reason to disbelieve it. So, possibly five players coming in. Well, good. And the pictures pictures came out from the official Everton uh, Facebook and website today of the players back training in Finch Farm. There was an uh, an amazing one of uh, I think it was Luke Garby um, flying, which. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, it must be a new tactic they're going to try and employ next season or deploy next season. Um, flight, I like it. Yeah, I think it was just a photograph taken while he was in mid jump. But if you want to believe that Luke Garber can fly, then you believe that, son. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe 
if he's just been listening to too many R. Kelly songs. Yeah, I was just thinking that song as well. Don't let's not do a rendition of it though. No, that's well too high for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so blues back in training. There was also a shot of uh, Darren Gibson looking trim and raring to go. So Are we finished with Gareth Barry now? Have we? I don't know. Well, I did want to mention it, you know, upon San, and he has stated that uh, he believes, you know, coming into the Everton side permanently will possibly earn him an England recall. Uh, well, if he plays like last season, after the shocking um, performance of England in the World Cup, then he could. Well, he was miles ahead of any of them, wasn't he? Slippy G, Jordan Henderson, even Aaron Ross, who didn't really do that well. Different positions, but Gareth Barry on his form last year should have been in that squad and would have offered a different option with his left left foot on a left left hand side. And that's exactly why I think he's clutching at straws really with that statement because I think that ship set up for him because if he didn't get into an England squad on last season's form, uh, I don't think he's going to get picked again for England. So um, I'd rather, you know, in all honesty, I'd rather he wasn't really talking. He's signing for Everton. I'd rather he wasn't talking about England because he should be talking about playing for Everton. But if he's if he has to play well enough to be considered for an England recall, then you know if it's if that's what's spurring him on, then he's gonna you know be playing out of his skin every week. So it's gotta be a good thing for us. Yeah. And as I, as I think you started to say, then um, obviously Gannett's back at Finch Farm now because uh, first team training has resumed. Yeah. So uh, a few of the players will obviously join up a little bit later on once their World Cup um, camp. Uh, as you know, as finished, and uh, they'll probably have a little family holiday after that. Uh, a few of the players have. We saw Jags on a beach somewhere. So Ross Barkley, as we discussed last week, looking like a pimp in Dubai. Uh, Oviedo's been away, or well, he went away already. But some of the other World Cup players, I think uh, Morales. Well, didn't, didn't, was Morales photographed somewhere? Uh, I don't know, I've not seen anything, but Morales would obviously be the one I'd expect to sort of see last. Yeah. Uh, he got the furthest in the World Cup. Uh, and, you know, he's going to need a little bit of time, isn't he? Because he's probably had no time off whatsoever so far. Um, so, I'd, you know, I wouldn't expect to see Morales back in training probably for at least three weeks or so. Yep, fair enough. I mean, you know, they could do with the time off. Um, we don't want any players being burnt out like... Um, you know that's the risk of players playing the World Cup. We want to rest them. We want to have squad options available because we're going to be playing a hell of a lot of games next season. Um, um, the under twenty ones came back a little bit earlier, uh, and they, along with some of the other youth players from the under eighteens and the Kevin Sheedy and the likes, uh, have gone out to a training camp in Obertron in, in Austria. I'm glad you have, you pronounced it because I had no idea. <laughs> the last I heard about Obertron was uh, he was playing. Newcastle, wasn't he? After his uh, failed attempt at Man United. Yeah, he's uh, a good, good bit of pace, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, terrible control, can't pass a ball and can't shoot dog. <laughs> yeah, <it's> shame, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, what I just want to mention before, Gib- uh, Darren Gibson um, coming back in, looking quite trim. Uh, Gareth Barry signing on three year deal. James McCarthy still rumoured to be signed a five-year deal on top of what it, well, you know, he's already got a, quite a good deal en- anyway. Do you know what the, I, I found out what the delay is on him signing his contract, by the way. Go on. 
he just won't stop running round, and they haven't got anyone quick enough, any of the officials quick enough to keep up with him to get him to sign it while he's running. Yeah, fair enough. Um, did you see uh, the, the, the news to uh, the news about Seamus as well? He, he said uh, he's just he's just delighted to be at Everton. He he he, he couldn't imagine being anywhere else. Um, when people say you can, you know, go on to other clubs, he, he he's already got, you know, um, his dream club, so to speak. He might not, might not have supported us, but he's already got everything that he could ever dream for, you know, dream of. So, nice seeing, nice seeing things like that, isn't it? You can't beat a bit of footballer loyalty, and it's few and far between these days. Um, somebody who has stayed loyal to the country uh, is Tim Howard. And it's been rumoured this week that he's possibly uh, going to retire from international football after the, this World Cup. Well, I don't think he's going to top uh, his achievements in this World Cup. I don't, you know, the the, the attention that he's received. I don't think he's ever going to top that in international football. So he's kind of kind of bowing out on the, on a, the highest point that he possibly could. So, you know, I would have thought as a keeper, though, you know. He's not that old. He could easily play through to the next World Cup. I think Nigel Martin's been in the papers this week saying he believes Howard can be a top flight keeper right, you know, right into his forties because he keeps himself so fit. And uh, you know, funnily enough, you, you quite often see Tim Howard, don't you, pictured with like his top off posing for magazines or whatever, and and it, you know he is like fit for the keeper, isn't he? You, you can see that in him, like so. Um, I'd be surprised if he retired. This early from international football. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think he's still got a good few years. I've just I, I think achieve, just talking achievements wise, maybe you know, and if 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 he does want to retire, I think it's more to focus on club football. So you know, be for the benefit of Everton. Um, and obviously the accolades keep pouring in for Tim Howard. You know, after we talked about last week about Obama and Tom Hanks uh, praising him. Uh, and this week it's gone up another level because uh, Lee Carsley's been in the papers saying he, you know, how impressed he was with with Tim Howard and, and his performances. Well, I think that's the highest praise you can get, isn't it? If Carso thinks you've done well, you've done well. Hey, he retweeted us again the other day, Lee Carsley. Did he? Yeah. What saying? Do not listen to this podcast at any. No. At any... No. Some uh, when uh, for one of the suggestions to uh, to. Come in and replace um, Stubbs, and was, somebody said Peter Reed, and we said I, I said Weir and Lee Carsley, and he said Reed and Carsley dream team. So that'd be good, wouldn't it? Peter Reed and Lee Carsley in in the uh, in charge of the uh, under twenty one. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the under twenty ones or whatever they're called these days. Um, Tim Howard, just talking about Tim Howard again a little bit, uh, or. Do you think his performance and the USA's uh, performance is going to be enough to get him the keeper of the tournament, or do you think it's going to be uh, Neuer? Sorry. I think we spoke about this last week, didn't we? And I think you know individual performance of the tournament. Then yeah, definitely. But I think overall performance, I think Neuer will take it now, especially you know undoubtedly if Germany win. The tournament, but, gonna, uh, but I think anyway you'll probably get it just because you know he, he's played differently to any other keeper before, really, hasn't he? With the, the, the way he comes out the box, so I think just purely on that basis and the you know the attention he's received for that, he, he will win keeper of the tournament. 
do you think they're going to have players, you know, in every other position in that World Cup eleven? I think Tim's got a shout. Yeah, uh, he'll have a shout. He'll have a shout, but I just don't think he'll win it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I can't, I can't read what you've written here next in the notes. I've wrote uh, Oviedo. Uh, he's been some more pictures come out this week, uh, and we can see that he's now jumping up and headed on balls and uh, looking really fit. So. Uh, that can only be good news, can't it? Looks like uh, Brian's going to be firing and ready to go for the start of the season. Those those pitches um, were they on a hard surface this time round? Yeah, it just looked like a, a normal pitch. It was outdoors. Well, that... uh, you know, when obviously this time of year pitches are normally firm, aren't they? They're not usually soft. There's been no real rain, so uh, yeah, it looked like he was uh, back in full training, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good to hear because that's that's what stopped him going for the World Cup, wasn't it? Those that that impact on the hard surfaces. Um, he, he he said that there was a little bit of pain, so that put you know put an end to his World Cup dream. If he's doing that now, then it bodes well for the for the Blues. What, what's going on? Is somebody moving out? Stan on your end of the line at the minute. Uh, the cats are just uh, deciding that it's uh, Mad Hour, <laughs> Mad Hour, and the Everton Hour here. I love the level of professionalism that we have on this podcast. Brilliant, isn't it? Hey, professionalism, uh, realism, you know, it's life, isn't it? A uh, last piece of news I wanted to touch on again was something that we spoke about briefly last week on the podcast, and that was about the, the new kit launch and the pricing. And, you know, we gave our opinions on how it was priced. But um, there's been something's come out in the papers this week, and uh, at the moment, we've actually got the third highest priced shirt in the league. Have we? Apparently so, behind only uh, Man United and Chelsea. Now, it was highlighted that our shirt was more expensive than Liverpool's. It was, by a penny. Oh, right, OK. It was highlighted, and, you know, there's other shirts. I mean, I don't think Arsenal have released their new shirt yet. There's quite a few clubs still to actually formally release their shirt. So, uh, you know, once it all pans out, I think it'll just be the average price in the league, basically. Well, you, you know, I've noticed that in the club shop, things aren't like, you know, 29.99 or 39.99 or 49.99. They're like £30, £40, £45, £50. They don't mess around with these save-a-penny business, which, you know, why do we do that? What's the difference between 29.99 and just saying 30 quid? You know. Is this just a general social comment now in life in general? No, I mean, well, the Evans, does some stores do it. Some stores don't. What's the point? I'm not asked about that penny, are you? It's a penny waiting to get it at the end, isn't it? And you're always feeling embarrassed waiting for the penny. Waiting for the penny, just like, ah. And then, like, you know, just call it call it like heaven do. If if that puts us third in the league when we're 50 quid shirts and everyone else is 49.99, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Call a spade a spade. It's 50 quid. 49.99 is still 50 quid. Uh, and going back to our old kids are playing night, they're not having a good time at the minute because they've just been jibbed by Man United. Who have Man U gone to? Well, they're, they're going to be with Nike this season, but then uh, they're not renewing a deal with them next season. It's rumoured that they'll be going to Adidas. I don't. I didn't like their kit. I can't remember what it looked like now, but I, I saw the launch and I can't say I was a fan. Of, well, wouldn't be a fan of it anyway. Just a new sponsor, isn't it? Chevrolet just doesn't look right on the shirt. Looks good on a car, not on a shirt. Um, yeah, and you know, 
moving on with the news, it's been a pretty quiet week generally with stuff coming out of the club itself. Obviously, the club's focused on getting the players back into training, um, but it's been, again, fairly busy week when it comes to transfer rumours and possible deals that the Blues might do. Yeah, we'll just um, we'll talk all about that in a sec, um, but first of all, check out our social media links, and if you're not already following us on Twitter, Facebook, etc., go and check them out. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. So this is where we normally have our social media section. Um, and it's just been, even though it's not been busy Everton-wise, it's been busy life-wise. <laughs> so... I didn't really think of any social media questions this week, did you? Everyone's on their holidays anyway and doesn't want to answer us at the minute, do they? So, um, I say, as we get back to, you know, full-on pre-season mode once the World Cup's finished, uh, we'll be back with the original format. Yeah, um, I did put one question out there. Now that Messi has finally got into Greece, the biggest stage of all in the World Cup final, it becomes a relevant question. Who is better? CR7. Leo 10 or Nacy 14 and I put this question on our Facebook and we all know who the real deal is here don't we well you know if you're that to, basically how I look at that is that's their rankings out of 10 so Ronaldo 7 <laughs> Messi 10 and Stephen A. Smith 14 out of 10 all yeah. day yeah good stuff um, and all of all of our blue boys on the uh, Not Bitter Just Better Facebook page uh, agreed. Uh, well, of course they would. And it's n- no bias at all. It's just uh, reflective on Stephen Naismith's grit, determination, and quality as a footballer. So no bias at all. Anyway, as we, as you mentioned just before uh, just before our little uh, podcast ad there and the social media links, uh, there's been a fair bit of transfer rumour. A gossip going around again? Yeah, I, I broke these down on a list, but I'm going to do them out of order on the list, so oh. I'm going to confuse you again. Great, go on then. I'm going to do the ones, I'm going to do them in sort of order of probably the most realistic. Yeah. And, and I think the most realistic at the moment is a, is a name we mentioned last week, or, or the week before, uh, and said we knew very little about him, uh, and that's because he's, he's a young player from M- MK Dons, uh, 19 years of age, and that's Brendan Galloway. Yeah, well, you know, he's meant to be uh, already in training with the Blues, he's already joined up with the camp, um, and he's meant to have signed a £4 million deal. I hope that's £4 million in future fees, not £4 million flat. Yeah, I think it is, I think it's to do based on appearances, etc. I think um, Norwich are quite heavily at chasing after him as well, um, but obviously he's come and he's, tra- he's gone out to Austria, uh, with the, the under-21 squad uh, and obviously liked what he saw and Evan have liked what they saw in him and, and they've agreed this deal. Um, I don't know what the hold-up is on actually signing a deal or, you know, if there's still a bit of backwards and forwards to go go with contracts, etc. But um, uh, most people seem to tend to think that this is a, is a done deal. Yeah, maybe the hold-up is, hold is do you just want to put him through a rigorous little training session and, you know, get the best out of them, but, you know, there's no real place for it at the moment because 
the you know the squads at Finch Farm, but the under 18s and under 21s in in, in that place where you said before, which I can't remember how to pronounce Gabriel it. Gabriel Obertan. Yeah, Gabriel Obertan. Um, so maybe that's what it is. You just need to run you know run them through uh, a few work uh, w- workshops and that, and see how he goes. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, should... I mean, you know, we don't mind spending the money, you know, on young players. It's, it's, it, you know, a good policy. We hope that he, you know, if he's another John Stones, we've got him performing. You know, brilliant. Yeah. Um, John Stones. I forgot about him. I haven't, I haven't thought about him all week. What a superstar. Anyway, <laughs> go on. Who's next? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, another one with, that's rumoured to be a done deal, or at least an agreed fee, yeah, uh, is a lad who starred in the World Cup for, for Colombia, who obviously did well uh, throughout the tournament, uh, and that is uh, Carlos Sanchez Moreno. Uh, I don't know whether he actually uses the surname Moreno or Sanchez, I think it was Moreno he was using for Colombia. Uh, he currently plays for Elche in Spain, uh, and apparently a fee's been agreed for sort of about two million pounds. I think it's around the three million euro sort of thing. I thought it was two million yeah, euros. Sort of bow clause that he had. I thought it was two million euros, which would make it about one point six million. I saw that figure today. It's funny that though, because it doesn't really ring true. Because I know Elche paid three point seven million euros for him, so I don't see why. You know, a player did, did take less money than he paid for him when he's been to a World Cup and obviously attracted the attention of bigger clubs. How long ago was he signed that? Was he, did he sign that deal, though? I think it was the season before last. Oh, I mean, yeah. It could just be a case that he's got some sort of buyout clause if a Premier League club comes for him. You know, players do have that. Um, he's a defensive midfielder. Well... Uh, you know, he did... Looking at those stats... Sorry, go on. I'll, um. I was thinking about this today, looking at those stats, I didn't know that he was a defensive midfielder, you know, but I looked at the stats, he's got 48 caps and no goals, so I assumed he was a defensive midfielder, um, and then the, the first thing I thought was Gibson, Barry and McCarthy, do you think he's a risky signing, do we need anyone in that position with those three in there? I don't think he's a risky signing, no, but I could see what you're saying, you know, will he be for choice in, you know, when there's only two positions, but... That's no different to any other position, really, on the pitch, is it? You'd have four centre-halves, you'd have four wingers, you know, you'll have four full-backs. Why not have four defensive midfielders? And, you know, he's a young lad, he's 24, um, and we're going to be fighting in a number of competitions, aren't we, this season? So we need to increase the squad size. You know, it's a very small fee in this day and age. Uh, I think it could be a good buy if it goes ahead. It is. A, it's a it's a relatively small fee, but there is a fee. If we're you know we've got three quality midfielders there, maybe we could just pick someone up on a freebie or a young lad in to come in, into that position for even less. If we've only got like you know twenty five million budget, and we, we we're spending four million on this lad Galloway, we've spent two point five million at, at you know the reported fee because we have to pay for Gareth Barry, um, and then two million for this lad. Then you know it's whittling down, isn't it? This 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 lad though screams to me one of them players who you buy for two million. Um, you know he, he's experienced. He's played in the top league in Spain. He, he's got a number of internationals. He comes in. He plays like like you know a few games for Everton half a season, uh, and suddenly he's worth twelve fifteen million. So you know I think it'd be a good buy. So he's he's twenty four. 
Uh, and anyone whose nickname is La Rocha, which means The Rock in English, has got to be a decent player. Well, yeah. I'm not knocking the deal. I'm just saying, you know, if we've only if we've only got a few a few bobs, then um, we we might I don't know we might we might be better going elsewhere for free if we've got that competition for places. But you know, whatever. If you good quality, you're getting quality. Then you're getting quality, aren't you? It'll be good to have the rock in midfield, though, won't it? Yeah, Defo, Yeah. Um, now loads of people be shouting if you can smell what the rock is cooking out of the stands. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sure the Evertonian uh, sing-song people at the back of the Gladys will come up with some kind of uh, drug-linked song for them, uh, with them being from Colombia as well. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, I suppose if we're doing this in order of possibility of transfers, the next one has got to be you know our other summer long saga, which is uh, Romelu Lukaku. Um, there's nothing really much more to add from what we've said every other week other than, you know, there was big interest from Atletico Madrid. It looked like Lukaku could possibly be the replacement for Diego Costa. Uh, however, the Atletico have now signed Mandzukic from Bayern Munich, who's obviously their main centre-forward next season. So, um, Lukaku's future's still up in the air. And Romelu himself's come out this week and said, uh, you know, he's not ruled out a return to Goodison. Well, if his future's up in the air, then with our new levitation training methods, then he could fit right in. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you are. Uh, and obviously, this, you know, club source that I was I was talking about the other day said, as obviously said, you know, it's not that deal. The Lukaku deal is not dead in the water. So there is obviously still some hope coming from the club um, that that's going to happen. Do you think he's just keeping his options open because he did have such a poor showing? in a lot of the World Cup, that he, he didn't want to burn bridges, just in case? I think he's probably made his mind up on it. You know, I think it's just a case of the clubs agreeing a fee. I hope so. Yeah, I hope I do hope so. Um, the the other player that's obviously always been seen as the, the first alternative to Lukaku, uh, Winifred Boney, um, signs are coming out to Swansea that he may be up for sale. Obviously, Swansea have bought a couple of strikers over the last few days. They've bought uh, Batafemi Gomez. Uh, they've signed that Marvin Emnes, uh, who's like an attacking sort of number nine, uh, number ten, sorry, rather than number nine. Uh, and they're also looking to buy Troy Deeney from Watford. So uh, chances are the Boney's going to be out. Uh, but it looks like he's possibly now a target for the shite. Uh, and they've gone odds on with the bookmakers to sign. Well, he was, wouldn't he? Little assholes. Um, I don't. I mean, we're probably going to. The chances are we'll get Lukaku. You know, there's a good chance. So Boney we might. We don't start getting into a bit more with Liverpool for 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 Boney, do we? Because let's face it, we'll probably get outbid by them because they pay silly money for anyone, uh, and then it'll look a bit egg on our face. I would have thought. Did you see some <laughs> some some Everton pages have been sharing this on face on Facebook today? Uh, just another deluded copite has uh, said, with the £75 million that they get for Suarez, we need, we, meaning them, need to go out and sign Ross Barkley from Everton. Everton is skint. Give them £30 million and they can't say no. <laughs> it's, I'm quite glad that every, no one's realising that we're not skint anymore. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Oh, good, let, let them think that when we're clearly not. 
they'll be skins if they keep buying garbage players for millions and millions. Football fair play have got to come calling soon to them. Yeah, defo. Financial fair play, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, again, the next transfer rumour, the, the, the one that's most likely I would have thought is uh, the one that's come from our link with Barcelona following Delafeu's loan last season. Uh, and that's possibly another winger coming on loan for Barcelona. I think we may have mentioned it before, and it's uh, Adama Traore. I don't know whether we have. We've mentioned Tello before, which that deal, it, it keeps looking like it's dead, and then it pops back up again. But then this... But I think he, I think he's possibly talking to Porto at the moment, so it looks like he's going to Porto. Yeah, but then it looked like he was coming to us, so you never know. Um, but this other lad seems to be the alternative. And one way or another... A winger from Barcelona is going to be out of it next season. <laughs> it's looking that way, isn't it? Um, what I do know about uh, Traore, uh, full name Adama Traore Diare, uh, but he's known as Traore, that's the name he'll have on his shirt. Uh, he's 18. Um, it says on his Wikipedia that he was born in La Hospitalet in Spain. Now I'm guessing that's the Spanish translation of the hospital. So I think someone's just been a bit lazy there on Wikipedia. It could be uh, a mini hospital, hospital, hospital et. In fact, you know what? Saying that the first team he ever played for was Hospitalet in his youth career, so maybe it is an area of Spain. Oh, could be. <laughs> um, from Hospitalet, he went to Barcelona. He's played. He's made twenty-six appearances for Barcelona B, scoring five goals. Uh, and that's at 18, and he's made one appearance for Barcelona first team so at 18. He's so very much in a Delafeu. He's represented Spain at under 16, under 17, and under 19. Uh, but apparently, he's recently switched his uh, his allegiance to play for Mali, and is going to be uh, and is now a um, full international for Mali. So he's, he's very much like a carbon copy, at least career-wise, um, to, to Delafeu. I just wonder if we do get him, will we get pictures uh, every day of him and his little dog going for walks in Sefton Park? It doesn't look like he's a sort of chihuahua type person. I don't know why he looks a bit harder than Delafeu. Well, that doesn't take much, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, From what I know about him, he's quick, he's direct, uh, and he's described as a wonder kid, so... Well, it's always good being linked with Wonder Kids because we've got a few of them already, so they'd be in good uh, in good hands with the Blues. So who's next? Uh, next again, next. You know what I would describe more as paper talk, uh, and that uh, we're linked with a French lad, young lad from Atletico Madrid, uh, valued at nine million, and that's Joshua Guillevogel. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably haven't. Um, again, I know very little about him. He's at Atletico Madrid, though. We can't be that bad. No, the uh, obviously uh, league winners, champ- uh, Spanish league winners last season. Uh, I mean, we've been linked with a few wingers, and you know, your source said we're going to sign a winger, and a lot of people wanted it to be either Perisic or Sergi, uh, and it could end up being Traore. Uh, so is is this fella? Where, where's this fella play? Do you say? Uh, he's a central midfielder, as far as I know. Guilla Vogel. Um, I, again, you know, I'm guessing. I don't know too much about him. 
Um, it's not one that strikes me as really something that's got anything to it. I don't think uh, I've not heard anything from the club. I think it's just paper talk. Yeah, we're going to be linked with an awful lot of players like that. Nine million for uh, someone we haven't heard of. I don't know. <laughs> Could be a risky, risky bit of business. Yeah, uh, and the only other two this week is is players that we will know a lot better from the times at Chelsea. Um, Denver Bar, who's obviously still with Chelsea, and Solomon Kalou, previously at Chelsea, who's now in France with Lille. Um, both players that were mentioned before on the podcast. Um, the bar rumour seems to have gathered a bit of pace this week and then died down a little bit again. Uh, what's your thoughts? I think he's a hero on Merseyside. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but is he what Everton need next season? Well, I think he's just a victim of playing for Chelsea. I, I, I always say this about players coming from those clubs. They come and do well at, at the clubs uh, who are directly just in that little tier just below them. Like Gareth Barry did come from City and he came and did well for Everton. And like Tim Howard and Phil Neville did coming from Man U. He did really well and excelled at Everton. So I think he he's another one from that from that kind of you know that kind of background. He'd come in, and I think he'd do really well. He did well at Newcastle to get him the Chelsea move. We're a step above Newcastle. We'll have better service, better players around him. Um, so if it happens, it happens. And I, you know, I wouldn't be too disappointed with it. As I say, he's a superstar on Merseyside, and I'm sure we'll get a really great song for him. I was surprised to find out that he's only 29. I thought he was older than that. Yeah. Got a couple of seasons left in him as well. So, the uh, ethic- And what's your thoughts on Kalou? Obviously, you know, he was at Chelsea a few years ago. You know, didn't really set the Premiership alight. Um, but apparently he's done well in France while he's been out there. Um, well, I'm going to say that in front of goal, I thought he didn't have a clue. Like what I did there. I see what you've done there. Yeah, so, um, no, <laughs> thumbs down from me. But if we bought him, wouldn't that mean that Everton would have a clue in front of goal, which is what we want? Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of them, you know, you can get him on sort of a, a low fee, uh, or even a free, I don't know, we don't know what his contract status is. Then, uh, you know, why not? He's experienced, he knows the Premiership. Um, I don't think he'd walk straight into our team by, by any means, but... You know, he'd be a good one to have there for the Europa campaign. Uh, if they were starting to talk, you know, over five million, then I'd probably swerve. Yeah, I mean, players like that, a lot of European experience, a lot of top flight experience. It's good being linked with players like that. Um, it just shows the breadth of players that we are being linked with, from uh, Lukaku, obviously to Gareth Barry, who we signed, to this Galloway lad who possibly signed, who we're com- competing with Norwich for, to... You know, Boney, who would you know possibly are going against the Red Shake for. So, it's a, there's a quite a broad interest apparently out there. So, nice stories to hear rather than just being linked with garbage from not sorry not garbage but lower league players and players who like Joey Joey Barton for instance who you know we're, we're being linked with a higher quality of players uh, to come to the club now. Like up and coming youngsters and you know international, so it's good. Yeah, and that's that's the end of the transfer rumours basically. Um, just before we move on and start wrapping the podcast up, um, I'm going to make another prediction like I did last week. Um, I predict that by the next podcast, Everton will have signed 
two more players and Luis Suarez will be a Barcelona player. That's my prediction. Oh, sounds. Well, I predict we will have signed three players. And I don't normally do predictions, but I'm going to be bold this time because it doesn't really make me look like I've got egg on my face like a result does. You know, we you know we just jinxed it now. We won't sign anyone else all summer. Um, no, I'm not bothered about uh, you know just the weak ones. Uh, if it was a game, I don't like to jinx games. But talking about signings, I'm not really bothered. I don't get really, I don't really get that flustered like some Evertonians do if we don't sign ten players in a day on the uh, on when as soon as the transfer window opens. <laughs> it's not like Championship Manager or Football Manager where you you know as soon as the transfer window opens, you go and put sixty seven million bids in for players. We can just hold out and uh, see see the postseason through. Um, so that's another podcast finished. Then um, a bit of a shorter one this week. How long did we go in the end? Uh, just under an hour, fifty six minutes. Um, and it's been a strange one with our new little guest hosts. I don't think they'll be here uh, next week. They'll still be here in my house, like they just might not be part of the podcast next week. <laughs> I had images then of you tying them in a sack with some bricks in it and taking them. Ah, don't say that about me, little babies. Um, but you might have heard the, the, my voice go a little bit distant when I had to go and rescue one of them from behind the bed. You might have heard uh, a few doors slamming and stuff like that because we're doing some decorating as well. But another pack, another podcast is uh, in the can, as they say. One episode closer to a year, and uh, you're just. Sorry, go- was this the not better? Not- it's a just better podcast. I thought this was episode one of the Living with Cats podcast. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Severs. Yeah, and talking, uh, talking about cats. Yeah, talking about cats and the Hulk. <laughs> we do talk about some random shit on here, don't we? Well, it's whatever the, the podcast takes you. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week with uh, we'll we'll be able to tell you who won the World Cup. Yeah, uh, our pre-season will be well and truly underway. None of this World Cup garbage distracting us. Uh, just want to do the usual rundown thanks to everyone for listening on SoundCloud and on iTunes if you are listening on SoundCloud and have an Apple device I should record this and just put this on the end each week shouldn't I anyway if you are if you're listening on SoundCloud and have an Apple device go and subscribe to us on iTunes just search not bitter just better as that's the name of our podcast um, if we're, we're also on Stitcher uh, and well, some people just link. Some people just link it, don't they, through the Everton pages, and they press play, and they don't really pay attention to what it's called. So we're also on Stitcher again. Search not bitter, just better. Go find us on Instagram. I haven't been very active on there lately, but I will be when the season's uh, up and running. Find us on YouTube. There will be loads of videos throughout the um, throughout the season and the pre-season. And there you go, another season, another podcast in the can. And. As I say, edging closer to a full year of this, us talking shite about football and Everton and general <laughs> scouse terms and anything that pops into our head. Do you think Hulk ever played for Vasco da Gama? Don't know why. Da Gama? Oh, uh, I get Gamma it. Gama raised to turn him into the Hulk, wasn't he? I get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> that, on that note... Let's finish on that really poor note. Yeah, on that note, we'll catch you next week, Blues. Thanks for listening. See you then. Hulk smash!